Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 184, believe it or not, 23rd of September, 2016, about 3.05 p.m. on a soggy Friday afternoon, broadcasting from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries here in Barragata, Guam. Glad to have you with us today. It's been a week, and we're getting ready to go into the weekend, and I think we're all ready for that. And hopefully this show will entertain you a little bit in your Friday afternoon commute or your Saturday or Sunday time of uh, turning on the radio in the car or online. You can catch us, as a matter of fact, on the weekend, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound as we rebroadcast the show in its entirety on 88.1 FM, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 and 9 p.m. Because we know many of you cannot listen wall-to-wall. You don't listen two straight hours. You sometimes need to get out of the car and run errands, or maybe you turn your computer off, or maybe you're just between appointments. You have just a minute to listen. We're glad you're listening. We want to make it easy for you to catch parts of the show that you might miss. Interviews. Uh, segments of the show like This Day in History with Lawrence Nagengast or What's in My Coffee or different little little games we play on the air. Maybe you like Stranger Than Fiction type stories or our topic of the day. Any of that and all of that you can catch in the rebroadcast. You can also listen to the podcast. Go to khmg.org forward slash LTF to listen, download, or view our archives you can also listen live on the TuneIn app, which is there at khmg.org. You can click on that. You can download TuneIn to your iPhone, your Android phone, your tablet. You can listen through your computer through TuneIn, one word. You can also listen to the podcast via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. Lots of ways to listen. Go to khmg.org. Figure all that out. And, of course, the latest episodes always posted on Facebook by Friday evening. That's Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Did you know that? If you ever missed the show, you can listen right through Facebook. We'd love to hear from you on Facebook. Send us a note. Let us know you're listening. Give us a thumbs up, something. Let us know you're out there. It's very encouraging to us when we know that you're out there. Again, this is episode 184 on this 23rd of September. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host of Live Till 5, and we are glad to be with you on this soggy Friday afternoon or on the rebroadcast Saturday or Sunday or sometime in the future when you're listening to the podcast. Glad that you are with us. Now, it is September 23rd, almost the end of the month of September. We'll talk about things that are happening in September and the fall. Our topic of the day, autumn and the pumpkin spice latte. Autumn and the pumpkin spice latte. You can uh, hear a little bit about that throughout the show. We'll be talking about different things. Also going to be having a special guest on the air with us today. That is uh, Bob Shuck, the librarian at the Lang Memorial Library here at Harvest Christian Academy. He not only provides a lot of good content for us that we use in this day in history and things like that, but uh, he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to libraries and with a kind of a big thing in the library communities happening this uh, upcoming uh, week, and want to say a little bit more about that uh, when he's here. So we'll be talking about that as well. So we are glad that you're with us today, and um, we are going to 
move on into the show here as we talk about the fall time, autumn. Where did the term autumn come from? We're going to talk about that. And then most people that have been in the U.S., when they think of autumn, they think of leaves changing colors. They think of different fall festivals like Oktoberfest and uh, Halloween and things like that. And they think of, if they are coffee drinkers, they might think of the infamous Starbucks pumpkin spice latte or the PSL as it is known in the biz, the coffee biz. We're going to talk a little bit about what what's involved in the making of a pumpkin spice latte and and what what is it and how popular is it? Uh, you'll see things on social media all about PSL. You'll see that people are basically celebrating now the whole fall season specifically based on pumpkin spice lattes. So I think you'll you'll find that very interesting if you like coffee or pumpkin spice at all, or if you're a fall lover. Some people fall is their favorite season because it is the beginning of a change in the weather. And uh, things get a little cooler. So for us here on Guam, we don't experience a full-blown autumn or fall season. We do get to experience a little bit of change in the weather. It gets a little cooler, a little more overcast. But we don't have the full-blown changing of the leaves and things like that. So uh, sometimes we're talking about something that other people in the world enjoy. We don't enjoy so much. The closer you get to the equator, the less of an uh, autumn you have. And then, of course, uh, people in the south of the equator, they celebrate their autumn in our springtime. So it's kind of unusual there as well. So, you know what? I think would be good. I think it'd be good to take a short break. And when we come back to Live Till 5, we'll have Bob, Bob Shuck, the librarian from the Lang Memorial Library. This day in history, what's in my coffee? Stranger than fiction. And the topic of the day, autumn and the pumpkin spice latte. A lot to talk about here on Live Till 5 today, so stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Friday, September 23rd, 3.11 p.m., time to take a short break on Live Till 5. with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.15 p.m. on Friday, September 23rd here at the KHMG Studios. Actually, it's that day everywhere, not just at the KHMG Studios. I should have had a pause there and then continue on. Take two. It's 3.15 p.m. on Friday, September 23rd, period. Here at KHMG Studios, we're uh, enjoying our Live Till 5 broadcast, and I'm joined in studio by your friend and mine, Someone that is no stranger, not only to KHMG, because he's been on the air many times over the years, but to uh, Harvest Christian Academy, and that's Mr. Bob Shuck, the librarian at the Lang Memorial Library. Bob, how are you doing today? Awesome, Pastor. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, hey, we've, we're into a new school year now, and um, I'm sure you have uh, all the, the kids filtering through the library all day long. I've been up there a couple times, and it's always uh, pretty active. 
do new students uh, do they walk into the library and have like a uh, a little bit of a learning curve? Because I know every library is laid out a little different. Oh yeah, everybody does something different, but we all go through an orientation that first time before oh. I let them borrow. Oh, good idea. So they learn about the library, they learn about the only rule of the library, and then we borrow books. What's the only rule of the library? No talking. So ah. this year we're approaching it from the angle that this is the quiet zone. Nice. So we always play music in the library, but now we're playing it softer. Mm-hmm. We use softer voices. And for 19 years I keep trying something new, and this one seems to be working. <laughs> Well, I guess it does help because uh, library is supposed to be kind of a cone of silence. So you can go in. If you're reading, you can concentrate. And uh, because everyone's quiet, it's really noticeable when one person is not quiet. Correct. And oh, uh, yeah. you, it seems like some of the uh, assistants you've had up there, some of the HBBC students, they all uh, have to work hard at being just as quiet as the students, right? Oh, it's it's their favorite place to congregate. If they're not in the coffee shop, sure. they're in the library. Well, it always smells good up there. You have comfortable seating, and it's super cold in there. And those three things right there, it makes it like, you know, next to going home to my own living room, it is a very comfy spot, especially that one leather chair you have. So now, but the one of the things that got you and I talking today was when you alerted me to something that's, it's, it's kind of a, a library weak, but it's an unusual thing, something I wouldn't have thought about. Maybe you've alerted me to this in the past, but uh, tell us about the week that's coming up uh, with libraries all across America. Uh, actually, it's libraries and bookstores, Pastor. Oh, okay. It's called National Band, B-A-N-N-E-D, Band Li- uh, Book Week. And for years, people have had protests concerning uh, books content or um, verbiage or illustrations. Right. So in 1982, the Office of Intellectual Freedom decided that they were going to form a coalition that um, deals with this. And so it's basically a thing on censorship and intellectual freedom. Yeah. I I read a little bit about from one of the articles that you had sent to me, and it uh, begins actually – September 25th through October 1st, I believe. But some of the books that are on the uh, frequently challenged and diverse content book list, like Anne Frank, The Diary of a Girl, um, The Autobiography of Malcolm X uh, by Malcolm X and Alex Haley, uh, the man who wrote Roots, uh, Little Black Sambo. I've heard the story, the children's version of the story. I don't know if this is by Helen Bannerman. Palestine, A Nation Occupied by Joe Sacco. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry by Mildred uh, Taylor. Color Purple by Alice Walker and The Kite Runner. There are many other books I'm, I'm very familiar with here. But um, So I was a little surprised to see like Anne Frank's Diary as one of the, the banned books. You, did you look to see why it was challenged? No, I didn't click on it. Okay, it's challenged because the Germans uh, do not want the truth of what really happened during World War II uh, revealed so the it's and Dyer Van Frank was banned by a country. Mm. So there's like individual cities, libraries, and letters and it. countries. So the country of Germany banned the Diary of Anne Frank because they don't want it uh, sensationalized or right. whatever. Right. So that's why they banned it. So it it, it casts uh, a shadow, shadow yeah, on, on mm-hmm. some of these. So that would make sense on some of these 
that it, it would be specifically like in specific areas or countries, like you say, like South Africa. I'm sure they've they've had a number of books banned and things. Um, and some of these maybe were uh, pre civil rights days, and so uh, the topic might have been. Uh, people might not have mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. incite people into more civil rights movements. So, and then I did notice that a number of these, though, do have a lot to do with the LGBT uh, community. That it seems like children's books that have an agenda, pushing an agenda uh, towards LGBT stuff. So it seems like they are also on the list. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know they're very subversive on how they get books uh, published. And I have to be extremely careful in the library um, when I'm picking books because you don't always know if that agenda is in it. We do, uh, we do practice a form of banning or censorship in the library because I don't want our students to run into that kind of content. I know it's in the world, but I don't want them to find it in our library. Right. And parents, uh, as their children are here at Harvest Christian Academy, no matter what age the child is, they they have certain expectations that although um, every book in our library is not published by just one publisher, many of them are secular, most of them are secular, they're still not going to be, um, I guess, lambasted with a different worldview. They, they might bump up against it, but it's not um, going to surprise them or overwhelm them. They're not going to take a book home and change their worldview or be in direct conflict with uh, – Harvest. Correct. Uh, we do, because we are an academy, we do have to have a variety of content because of what we deal with. I do feel that both sides of the theory should be presented, but we are heavy on the religious side of the theory because, after all, that is the truth. Sure. And I want them to know the truth. Yeah. Yep, and you know you can go other places for other content. Exactly, you know, it's it's available. Go to the public library, right, right, and uh, and that might be necessary at times, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's our our library. I think is surprisingly full. If someone's never been in there before, it's. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of books. How many volumes do we carry in our library? Uh, currently, we have uh, twenty two thousand individual titles. When I first started working here, there were five thousand. So we've tried to build the library up. Uh, this year, I'm trying to work on the young adult adult section mm-hmm. because it's pretty much lacking. When the library first started, it was only about the kids, mm-hmm. which is the bulk of the school. But there's still another half going on. And now that we have the Bible College, we have that as well. And those students are using the library more and more as well. All right. And uh, speaking of uh, books and adding to, why don't you give us a, a breakdown of some of the new books that you're carrying? Well, this was kind of hard because how do you pick? So, I How many at, volumes did you add this year, would you say, or titles did you add? 1,100 titles. Oh, wow. Okay. However, it would be smaller this year because, you know, we all got our budgets. Sure, out. sure, sure. Got that in. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. It's okay. This is live radio. That's the, that's the joy of it. Couldn't resist. Anyway, so I went around and I looked, and then I thought, oh, you know, I should talk to them about Shadow Mountain Publishing. I've discovered this publisher. They are putting out excellent books. There is nothing wrong with them. There's no content that's bad. There's no verbiage that is bad. There are no pictures that are bad. And I thought, we want these books in here. Are they Christian? Maybe slightly undertone, but not totally. So I want to talk about a few of those. I'm actually just give you titles and uh, and authors, and then I want to talk about a few adult books as well. So there's a series out there by Brandon Mole. It's called Fable Haven. 
It's been very popular. Um, it's sci-fi fantasy. I looked to see if there were on the, any on the shelf I could bring up, and there were none. Wow. So that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Another series that they put out is by uh, J. Scott Savage, and it's called The Mysteries of the Cove. And, of course, they're seafaring kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, books. The third one is very interesting. It's called True Heroes. It's a treasury of modern-day fairy tales. And this book is unique in that the modern-day heroes are children that are alive today. And known authors have gotten with these kids, met with them. They all have cancer. And they've created stories in which these kids are the superheroes. Wow. It is really... A, that is neat. Everybody needs to read yeah, this book. Yeah, Adults as well as children. Wow. So it's... Um, it's not on the shelf either. I, I, yeah. None of these are there. So so those are all put out by Shadow Mountain Publishing. I don't know if they're at bestseller, but they do sell books online, so you can mm -hmm. get them through Amazon or the publishing house. Of course, everybody needs to know about adult books that are out, so I kind of found some really cool ones that we have going on. First one is short answers to big questions about God, the Bible, and Christianity. And uh, J.I. Packer wrote a foreword in it, and he said that this is probably one of the best books that he's ever seen dealing with questionable topics that we don't, we always have questions about, maybe not the answers. And you don't want to read an entire book about it, you just want a quick answer. So there are over 50 questions that the author deals with, and some of them are like, are there errors in the Bible? Has the Bible changed over time? And how many Old Testament laws should we have to keep? Hmm. And there's a bunch of other things. Wow. I uh, thought about it uh, when I looked at it because Brian Leonard's was ordained last mm -hmm. Sunday. Yep. And this is kind of like what he would probably have done when he wrote his uh, dissertation yeah. or whatever that's called. Mm -hmm. Another cool series that's now coming out is called World Religions and Cults, Counterfeits of Christianity. It's a series. The first volume's out. The second volume is coming soon. Um Andrew Murray is one of my favorite authors. If we only ever bought books that Bob Shuck liked, we'd have a boring library. But I try to put all books in that I like, and I like Andrew Murray. And now they have come out with Abiding in Christ, an unabridged version. So there's been an abridged version in for mm -hmm. a long time, but they have found additional uh, writings that he had for this book, so it's unabridged. And then Randy Alcorn has a new one out called Happiness. Hmm. So it's Christian life, Christian living, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, excellent, excellent. That's all I have for you. Yeah, well, and uh, why don't we move on then to the final topic <laughs> of uh, your new automation. Oh. Now, library automation doesn't sound that jazzy, so oh, you got you to so jazz excited. this up for us. Yeah, I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we have been using the same automated system for uh, 19 years. Wow. As and old as this radio station, basically. Yes. Well, like one year after, yeah. Uh, the company is 20 years old. So it was when I came here, I inherited the State program. State of the art. We grew up with it. Yep. But we have outgrown it. What we have now is a turnkey turn system. Basically, you plug it in and it goes. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to go to a web-based system called Atrium. And patrons will notice the change right off the bat because it is so user-friendly. The title page or uh, the first page they're going to see looks like a blog page and it will have a scroll of all new books that have come to the library it will show their pictures from their covers patrons will be able to place their own holds they'll be able to renew their own books they can create wish list uh, they and of course they have access to this in their homes wow. and teachers have it in their classrooms 
So, uh, so the parents can sit down with maybe a younger child and help them pick what the next book they might want to check out on library and day. And create a wish list. Wow. That's neat. So, That's really neat. I mean, I'm like... So You're basically creating a bunch of library super users. Yeah, you know, I where they kind of so. take the next step. Yeah, that's neat. Exactly. Wow. So you can see the old web-based, uh, the old uh, turnkey system is still up and running, and it will be until probably sometime in December. I'm going to Huntsville, Alabama, for training. They will not let us go live until I have received training, and I will be doing that. So, like, I am so excited. So come watch us. That is great. So new automation, a whole bunch of new books. And then uh, uh, Band Book Week next week, giving us a little education on what that means. It might not all be as bad as it sounds. Sounds like uh, some of it is more regional, cultural, or historical. So, well, Bob, as uh, as we finish up uh, this interview, uh, it, we have a number of parents that listen in and stuff. Why don't you give us a, a quick uh, two bits on advice for parents that are trying to get their kids to read more. You, you're, you're in the business of helping children read, and you love reading. That's why you're in the line of work you are. How can parents uh, get their kids to read more? The first question I would have is, are you reading? Mm. Are, you see, are your children seeing you read books? If all you're doing is hanging out on your cell phone, then you're not teaching your child about the joy of reading. Mm. So it starts at home with the parent reading. And if you're from another country, are they, reading, are they seeing that? That's where it should start at. At home, are they reading? Oh, that's good. Good advice from Bob Shuck, our librarian here at the Lang Memorial Library at Harvest Christian Academy. Bob, thanks for coming by today. Awesome. Thank you for asking. Enjoy your rainy weekend. And listeners, (laughs) uh, stick around. We're going to have a little more live till 5 after this short break. back with a little more live till five it was great having bob shuck in studio with us you know he wrote down a little something that i think is a challenge when it comes to uh libraries and reading and uh he had some good notes on encouraging parents and basically kind of the thought process behind how a library works and he wrote this It is true that the First Amendment gives us the right of free speech. However, as citizens, we need to be responsible for the next generation in shaping the minds of those individuals, giving them good literature to read. Well said, Bob. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, we are now at 3.34 p.m. on Friday, September 23rd here on Live Till 5. It's episode 184. And we're still in the month of September for one more week, so I thought it might be good to wrap up the month of September with a few of the things that are happening this month or the special things about this month. Did you know it's National Ice Cream Shake Month, National Skin Care Awareness Month, it's uh, Wilderness Month, One-on-One Month, Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, Pain Awareness Month, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, Save a Koala Month, Sea Cadet Month, Self-Improvement Month, 
healthy aging, shameless promotion, sports and home eye health and safety, subliminal communication month, but maybe you already picked up on that, superior relationships, thyroid cancer awareness, update your resume, whole grains, wild rice, women's friendship, world Alzheimer's, World Animal Remembrance Month, and National Hispanic Heritage Month. That's actually September 15th to October 15th. So it kind of covers two different two different uh, months. It spans across the months there. As we're coming up on this last week, not only is it Banned Book Week, which we already talked about, it's also Ally Week, Health Information and Technology Week, National Fall Foliage Week, and International Sand Sculpting Championship Week is coming up uh, in a few days here. And then here at the end of the month, some special observances starting today. Love Note Day, Checkers Day, uh, let's see here, Restless Leg Awareness Day, tomorrow Family Health and Fitness Day in the U.S., Fish Amnesty Day tomorrow. I don't know why fish need amnesty. International Lace Day tomorrow, Rabbit Day, Kids Day for the Kiwanis Club tomorrow, Hunting and Fishing Day. So, ah, I get it. Fish Amnesty Day or Hunting and Fishing Day, depending on which side of the uh, pole you're on there. Familial, familial Hypercholesterolemia Day tomorrow. Museum Day is tomorrow. And Public Lands Day tomorrow. Punctuation Day, Nickelodeon World Day of Play, all tomorrow. READ in America Day. Let's see. Sunday, Gold Star Mother's Day. International Day of the Deaf. Math Storytelling Day. Uh, One Hit Wonder Day, Sunday, National Psychotherapy Day, and Research Administrators Day, Monday, Be Involved, Stay Involved, Family Day, Johnny Appleseed Day, and Dumpling Day. Ooh, Dumpling Day. Oh, and uh, yeah, Sebastian, he played Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> That's I didn't know if you were uh, uh, jumping up and down for the Johnny Appleseed or the National Dumpling Day. Oh, was it Johnny Appleseed? Oh, definitely. Okay, I just checking because I, I was excited about dumplings there. Uh, we do have Ancestor Appreciation Day next Tuesday. Google's birthday is next Tuesday as well. Voter Registration Day is Tuesday. Uh, let's see here. World Tourism Day is next Tuesday. Next Wednesday, Banned Website Awareness Month. Um, uh, let's see here. There are a bunch of days that we would never celebrate. Uh, Good Neighbor Day next Thursday. Uh, let's see here. Um, World Rabies Day next Thursday. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Biscotti Day is on the 29th. That's a great day to celebrate. Uh, grandchild, attend your grandchild's birthday uh, on the 29th as well. International Coffee Day coming up, which next week, that's our theme of the show, is coffee. Uh, VFW Day is coming up on the 29th. My grandfather is a member of the Veterans of Foreign Wars. And uh, Stupid Question Day is coming up on the 30th. So there's just a lot of different special days uh, in this month of September. And uh, glad you're spending this day with us here on the air. And uh, we might save idioms and the buck stops here for the second hour. But, uh, Sebastian, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Excellent. All right. I thought I saw Lawrence Nangas and Chris Harper coming around. I think everyone's getting their tea because today is our tea day because it was a special in-service day for our baristas down at the hub. And so uh, they kind of prepped us by bringing up tea bags. And so we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, Chris, yes. Chris is sipping on some hot tea. This, um, I started out actually not really liking this. 
And I, I'm kind of coming around to it, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I am. Well, I, I start. I might. I may or may not have said that it tasted like dirt. I okay. can't confirm or deny whether I said that. Well, but uh, actually, I I'm kind of enjoying it now. Well, good. It's a. It's a. It's sort of a fruity, earthy. You gave me the word earthy. Earthy fruity, is a, It's a real word. earthy taste. Yeah. That after I'm halfway through the cup. Yep. And after I've consumed that much, I actually quite like it. Yeah. Well, what a coincidence because this part of the program is brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, including the largest selection of Yankee candles below any library anywhere on Guam. I like it a lot. I do like the library a lot. I go there every day, the coffee shop, not the library. I should go to the library more. I just talked it up quite a bit. Gave big, big uh, promotion to it. So I need did to I practice what I preach. You I did, but it's okay. Nah. It's all right. I apologize. I, I like, thought I was late. Here, I thought no, I, I walked in. No, I was, I was just, late. I was just making a small talk. I just, I, you know, I just, and I like the theme song, so you know, it came in handy at that time. So, <laughs> but no, we're all drinking tea now. Uh, from the hub, and so we will describe our teas to our listening audience. This is the segment of the show where we all get to sample free drinks from the hub, and uh, they give us the free drinks, and then we make sh- shameless self-promotion on the air to get you, the listener, enticed into going by the hub and checking out whatever we describe. But we do have to be honest. Every once in a while, there might be something that the person describing doesn't necessarily like, but we try to be as... Uh, complimentary as possible uh sometimes we can't think of the right words to describe uh the drink with so for me i'm drinking a tea that they have made for me many times before it has a berry flavor but it also has a a green tea flavor so if you like that green tea with uh just a a hint of uh, uh cherry limeade it's actually the Cherry lemon green tea, and it's it's really good as far as tea drinkers go. The nice thing about these Mighty Leaf tea bags as well, not that we're sponsored by them or anything, artisan whole leaf uh, pouches, but uh, this is a light, lightly caffeinated brew time of three minutes. But uh, they, you can do what I call a hobo cup of tea. So you make your first cup, you pull the bag out, set it to the side so it doesn't oversteep, and then you make a second cup, not quite as good as the first cup, but it still works. Or you, you could send two. the tea bag to your favorite missionary. Oh yeah, you could do that with soap slivers. I've heard of that. Uh, tea bags and soap slivers. No, no, no. Yeah, back in the day, that happened it's a lot. A joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Chris, uh, now we know that you thought it tastes like dirt originally, but now no, it's earthy. I, I said I may or may not have said that. No, I, I actually now <laughs> he, I'm he, drinking. He did it. listening audience. He actually I'm, did say it. Actually, I'm, now I'm drinking it and I'm thinking this actually tastes pretty good. Right. Right. I think I'm not I'm not used to the green teas. Mm-hmm. I drink I always drink black teas. Sure. Right? So I'm not used to the green teas. So uh, maybe I haven't consumed enough of them to actually get used to the taste. Right. Because if you think about it, coffee is a little bit that way too. When I first started drinking coffee cuz I, yes. I started drinking coffee and I was I was probably in my late 20s mm-hmm. and when you start drinking it you go, "What is this?" Right. Junk? Right, right. Yeah. And it it tastes terrible sure, to you. Sure. And then so this is actually fairly good. It's a. It's like a. Um, it's a. It's a fruit. What? Is, what was it called? A, a fruit. Tropical green tea. Tropical. That's what yeah. it is. Tropical green tea. Yeah. And uh, so, but it, it does have a fruity yeah. taste to it. But it's also got that 
what you were saying was an earthy taste yes. to it. And that's what gives it the, well. Personality. The personality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that tropical green tea actually makes a good iced tea. They can make any of these artisan teas into iced tea, which is pretty good. If you like ice cream tea type drinks. So. Right. Now, you didn't, did you put sugar in it or anything like that? Yes, I did. I okay. put sweetener in yeah. the That kind of offsets the earthiness a little bit. Oh, is that right? So it's like sweet dirt. Mm. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence, you're drinking tea, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what does it taste like? I have like? a three-quarter full cup of a warm, a warm cup of friendship, like I heard from my yes. friend Chris Harper last week. Oh, yes. Mocha. Yes. I've used that now, now a couple times this week. But that's what this is. Uh, it actually was microwave to get there, so... Uh, you know, it, it, some things have to have an, uh, a little well, bit of speed Well, it is the in 21st life. century. Yeah, so I do appreciate him. But I we found, don't have a tea kettle around here or anything like that. I found Copper a pie. Nothing like that. Marrakesh mint. Ooh, Marrakesh mint. That so is what good. I drink every time I get sick. After I'm sick, by the yeah, way. Not yeah. drink it and then get sick, but after. No, it doesn't make you sick. No, absolutely <laughs> no. not. Because If you have a cold, that's the best tea. It. I, I don't have one, but I still enjoy it because uh, it kind of... You know, you know how you you drink something, you first kind of smell it as mm-hmm. the cup comes up to your mouth. Yes, yes. You already have your, you know, go with yeah. Elka Seltzer. You're right. like cup of Seven Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's not right. This is this is pleasantly exactly what it smells like. It kind of smells like you're you're already chewing on a piece of spearmint gum. Mm-hmm. That the green wriggly piece. Yes. And yes. then it just keeps getting better as it goes down. It's warm. Right. And uh, just doesn't end with with chewing. Yeah, uh, it's actually got it. It, 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 it a, a body. A, yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to chew the drink your, at all. Your it's sinus really cavities fill up with that minty, mm-hmm. warm. Yeah, Marrakesh air. mint. Yes, it's good. Very, uh, very rewarding drink. Yes, there After you go. A, a half day, <laughs> right? Half day of it's a rewarding <laughs> yeah. drink. We have yeah. said Marrakesh for the work more. I had to do to get this. Microwave wow. the water. This could be a commercial. That plunging, could have that's right. Plunging my tea bag. It's about mint. up. The three minute. The three minute uh, brew time. I think is about up. So right. I'm gonna so get rid of my yeah. Bag if you here. can, if you can slam it in less than three minutes, then you can make a second. You cup could. in the same cup. If you don't, then it's going to be stronger as you get to the bottom there. Did. So you don't want that. Now, Sebastian, you're not a tea drinker, huh? Uh, well, I mean, I kind of jumped in this, and I, I didn't really feel like making anything. So that's what we call laziness. But, yeah, in the hey, biz. Hey, no, but I should. I totally <laughs> that's should. In ex- the biz, that, that I, we shouldn't tell them what I'm drinking. Right. right. You're you're yes. drinking uh, a plastic cup of it's water. Ah, you ruined it. What, I mean, what does it taste like? Just Give us uh, three three. Uh, Superlatives that describe the water you're drinking. Well, I was gonna go with pure and essential to living, and uh, yeah, I was. That's was, two. Well, one more. Um, glossy. Glossy. Yeah, okay. Great. Oh, I hate All when right. Things taste yeah. glossy. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, water's good for you too. It's yeah. just like if you ever wanna. Let me just give you a little on-air advice. This is Doctor Jared's uh, uh, love love line here. Um, if you ever wanna meet some ladies. <laughs> You got to learn how to drink tea just every once in a while. I'm I, telling you. Like and you can't say, well, I just didn't feel like hitting the button and microwaving it for two minutes. It's got to yeah. be. There's got to be a more compelling. I didn't feel like not no. doing any work at all. <laughs> hey, I, that's how lazy I, I am. I'm, I was busy doing everything. <laughs> oh, else. Okay. The battery in my remote was dead. I wasn't yeah. just chilling. I, I knew yeah. Oh, that reminds me. When I was a young waif, I used to change the channel on my grandmother's TV with my big toe because I was too lazy to get up and actually... Uh, Push yeah. the 
Yeah. Back back when it was like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. hey, great. And thanks to the hub, even though they're not actually at work this afternoon, they came up and laid out a, a beautiful <laughs> varietal of uh, teas for us. Virtual it was really nice. Cornucopia. A virtual cornucopia of <laughs> hub uh, tea flavors. Yes, it was mm. it was great. From Marrakesh it was a, to as a plethora the tropics of Green Teaville. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Green Teaville in South Carolina, yes. <laughs> Um, now, it is September 23rd, 3.47 p.m. If you're listening live, we are rebroadcasting Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on the rebound there. You can listen to the podcast, khmg.org, and uh, you'll see not only the podcast of this show but other programs that we produce here at the studio. But every week we have a little segment ever since the very first show called This Day in History, and uh, Lawrence will not disappoint us. It's probably one of the best parts of the show why most people wow. tune in. Really building up here. And uh, I'm excited to see how he can make it even better than the best of last week. So, Lawrence, what happened this day in history, September 23rd? Uh, we'll start in 1561, good old King Philip II. There's actually a lot of history. He, he sort of had his, his hands in a lot of areas of, of that point in history. He had dealings in America. Of course, he was very in the mix between the Spanish and English um, conflict there with the Elizabeths and, and Marys. Um, but in this case, King Philip II of Spain forbids Spanish settlement in Florida. Now, by 1561, um, they had definitely already been across to the New World, uh, specifically Central and South Americas, and had even discovered the Fountain of Youth. St. Augustine had been established. But uh, then, you know, he's just kind of pulling out of Florida um, because I believe there was so much energy needing to be put into things on that side of the world, on the European side of the world. They couldn't balance both. 1780, British Major John Adams, uh, I'm sorry, John Andre, I don't know why I assumed Adams, reveals Benedict Arnold's plot to betray West Point. Uh, Again, this will be one of the names pretty much since that happened or since that time period that has been uh, synonymous with traitor or uh, somebody who gives information you get the and idea. he had been a war hero had and, been. A, and a revolutionary war hero for the yes. americans for years fort ticonderoga one yeah. of my favorite fort yeah. names and uh, other battles in the northeast definitely played a huge role and later on just ended up being uh, a sellout uh, on this day uh, William, uh lewis and clark uh, came back to st louis yes. on this day uh, I believe in, um, I can't find my date, but it's in the 1800s. I grew up right off the Lewis and Clark Trail. Uh, 1806. We, we, in Kansas City, because uh, they came right up the Missouri River from the Mississippi there, St. Louis. Came up the Missouri River right through where Kansas City now is. And uh, originally Marquette and Joliet had come up that way, and then Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. And we lived right off of the road that had the sign that says Lewis okay. and Clark Trail. Yeah, That story always intrigues me because... Uh, when I tell it to the, I, I, I'm able to tell about it in both U.S. and world history. Back when I taught both, because it directly affects U.S. history clearly by by Thomas Jefferson purchasing it for America, and it also plays a huge role in world history with Napoleon, um, because you have Napoleon rising to rising the ranks. In fact, becomes basically a king slash emperor. Yeah, he thought um, of himself like Caesar, right? But needed a ton of money. And he said, what do I have around here that's worth anything? Well, it may not be here, but I think I have a large chunk of property in the middle of America. And so he offers for $15 million to Thomas Jefferson to buy it, uh, for for America to buy it. Well, the problem was Napoleon wasn't wanting to just sit around and wait for him to come back 
three, four months, five months later. So Thomas Jefferson actually, you know, kind of called an audible, didn't even meet with the Senate or the Congress or anybody, and just, I don't even know what it'd be called uh, for a president to make a large decision of spending $15 million, which is a lot of money still today, but definitely back then, for them to go out and just buy a piece of property that nobody knew anything about. Because at that point, Mississippi River was the frontier. Anything past that was the wild frontier. So um, at that point, third president of the United States just says, sure, we'll buy it. Well, then the reason why I'm even bringing this up, Lewis and Clark, I believe it was Lewis, Meriwether Lewis, was his secretary, one of the secretaries in his office. And he said, listen, dude, I could be in deep water here. Um, if, if this doesn't pan out, I need you to go explore, get your buddy. And that's where Lewis and Clark ended up coming from is a, a bit of a panic. Thomas Jefferson worried he spent $15 million potentially on a bust. Obviously, what we know now, he increased it, doubled the size. It's a third of our country. Uh, great, great um, purchase, really, yeah, in, in our absolutely. history. Uh, I guess I, I think it's even probably up there, definitely up there with the, the 1950s purchase by Seward uh, of Alaska. And it was Seward's folly, and everybody's like, what a joke. Uh, why would we want this big wasteland up there? But turned out to be a very, very amazing uh, purchase there of Alaska. So moving on. But there's a little Lewis and Clark history around yeah, that. Yeah, hey. And, and Napoleon took the $15 million, put it to good use, and ended up really making quite a run in Europe at trying to dominate and take over the world. Uh, let's move all the way forward to 1938. British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain flies to Munich. Uh, the whole goal there is to secure peace for our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, embarrassingly, he, he resigned his office basically upon the de- declaration of war, and, and which brings Winston Didn't Churchill. Didn't he give away Czechoslovakia? Like, he just allowed oh, yeah. uh, the Germans to roll over everyone, right? It was Yeah. At the beginning, you had the appeasement, uh, is what it's called. The appeasement of Hitler is the goal, and you have basically a screaming child, I guess. You know, I'm not saying he was, but that's kind of the idea, is we'll just continue to give him what he wants, and maybe he'll stop crying. Well, Hitler's like, well, if they're going to continue to roll over, and it's kind of interesting. You have England, who has no no control or no say over any other thing in Europe besides their own country, yet giving permission for Hitler to just have other people's countries. It's like, wait a minute, who who made you boss and who, who said you had the permission? But they were figuring we're doing what's best for the world here. Sorry, Czechoslovakia. Sorry, Sudetenland. Sorry, you know, Austria even was, was sort of the same way. So, uh, yeah, interesting times there. But he comes back. You know, waving a paper, he signed it. I have peace for a time, and Hitler within months uh, changes that. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, moving on. 1949, U.S. President Harry Truman announces evidence of USSR's first nuclear device detonation, uh, which again is going to be a bit of a ten-year path towards the Cold War, uh, when people started realizing we're not the only one. We, as in America, are not the only ones with any sort of atomic power uh, in that. Again, we, we the, the rest is history there with the Cold War. 1952, Richard Nixon makes his checkers speech. What or who is checkers? It's not the board game. Wow. His che- checkers? It may be, but not in this speech, though. So it has to do with the subject of the speech, checkers? He, it becomes known as a, as the checkers speech. Is he talking it's about? It's a fund speech, F-U-N-D, fund speech that he's giving in front of the Republican Party back in the 1950s. And <clears throat> you have him 
basically saying a lot of things about different fundraising and, and, and monies. And he said, I'd be willing to give all my gifts back because he's kind of in, I, I read a little bit about it. He's kind of in some uh, hot water about some things. Let me just maybe see if I can read the part where but I But it's the this. Richard Nixon, Richard Milhouse speech, Nixon's checkers speech. He stated that regardless of what anyone said, he intended to keep one gift. Because he's talking about being attacked by the, uh, you know, um, his opponents, his, mm-hmm. the, the other side, and urged the audience to contact Republican National Committee to tell them whether he should remain on the ticket, on the Republican ticket. That's what the argument is, is whether I should continue running. Mm. And he said, I'll give all my gifts back except for what? Um, it's checkers. It's actually a name. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. What 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 it's is the name this? of his black and white dog, who had been named Checkers by his kids? Oh wow! Uh, and that's and that's the one thing he wouldn't give up, uh, even though he'd give everything else up. And so wow. it ended up becoming known as the Checkers. Interesting. Speech. So hmm. I probably should have done a little more research and made that story a little clearer. But uh, well, you know, live is, radio, we just roll with. Yeah, it. yeah. He was giving the speech today, and um, and he said, "I'll give it all up, except, except for, for one dog. thing: I won't give the dog up." Um, That'd be the first thing I'd give up, actually. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on what the kind of dog it was. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe. If it was a good dog, it'd be tough. Nineteen sixty-one, Ernie Banks and seventeen. Uh, I'm sorry, seven hundred seventeen <laughs> consecutive games played streak. They don't get that high very often. I mean, guys are taking days here and there. They're tired. It, it, you know, it's hard to play a whole season straight. Well, that's that's roughly six seasons, uh, about five seasons of baseball without missing a game. Yeah, double um, headers, daytime games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is amazing. Uh, a sad note here: um, 1972, Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos announces state of emergency and declares martial law. Um, a lot of up and down things with the uh, with the Philippine government over their historical about 116 years of of independence, I would say. Uh, before that, they were kind of run by different different countries here and there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And lastly, I have 2002, the first public version of the web browser Mozilla Firefox oh, was wow. released today. It's called the Phoenix Point One, not 1.1, just Phoenix. Point one, zero point one, and uh, and that's a and that's about it. That's a lot. A lot has happened on uh, September twenty third. Yeah, we gave in some uh, some in looks into some of the uh, some of the events that happened. But uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, great. We covered everything from dictators to technology to uh, uh, dogs <laughs> to dog to dogs named Checkers. You know, yeah, it's great. And uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate you uh, doing that. Now you were involved. We have about a minute left here before we go to break. Sure. You were helping the seniors today from Christian Academy. What were you guys doing down there? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, these fun half days uh, that are a little bit out of the ordinary. You have Thanksgiving and Chamorro Fiesta and today being International Day uh, have become fundraisers for the seniors to make uh, some money for their senior trip, which we'll take in April. And uh, pretty much everybody orders lunch or that wants lunch through, the, through Harvest will order it, and the seniors will not prepare it, but at least uh, package it and deliver it to the classrooms, deliver it to people outside of Harvest, put it on the tables, and, and sort of be, instead of 
uh, the thousand lunch eaters go through the line, they're actually served by the seniors for the day. And so it, it's a good opportunity for the seniors to serve the school and also to make a few bucks uh, for their trip. Yeah, so senior trip to Tokyo again this year? It will be to Tokyo. Uh, we'll be going the 9th through the 13th of April. I think we pretty much have that nailed down. And now I'm working with the travel guide, just kind of firming up some of the details of the week. Uh, wow. Looking forward to it, though. Now, like hopefully fun. some good weather. You guys uh, go in March key. or April? April. Okay. April 9th to 13th uh, is the plan for right now. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Kind of wish great. I was going along. Maybe, I know. Maybe well, sometime in the maybe, future. Maybe, uh, you know, yeah. very soon. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thank you for uh, sharing this day in history with us. Sure. And listeners, thanks for staying tuned through all of our revelry here on Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. We're going to take a short break for the news. When we come back in the second hour, we have news by Chris Harper, all-around good guy. We have our topic of the day, which is autumn and the pumpkin spice latte, plus a little stranger than fiction, maybe the buck stops here, some idioms. We'll see what we have time for. But you stick around. It'll be a great second hour. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam, Harvest Family Radio. with the second hour of Live Till 5, episode 184 on this Friday, the 23rd of September 2016. If you're listening sometime way in the future through our podcast, which you can find at khmg.org. I encourage you to go to khmg.org forward slash LTF to listen, download, review our archives. You can also listen through the TuneIn app or the TuneIn link, which you can also find on khmg.org. You can also listen to podcasts via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. Just go to khmg.org. You can also listen to this show. It is uploaded to Facebook. A link is updated on Facebook sometime in the early Friday evening. So if you miss any part of the show, go to our Facebook page and listen through that. It'll it'll take you right to this link. And uh, appreciate Sebastian and Chris both being vigilant about posting, keeping us up to speed. You know, our... Our webpage, khmg.org, not only links you to Live Till 5, because by the end of the show, you might be totally sick of listening to me, but there's some really good shows as well. Uh, Some of our locally produced preaching and teaching programs that we utilize here every day on KHMG are put into podcast format, and you can download those, listen through khmg.org. So I encourage you to do that. Did you know that we uh, have a partnership with Transworld Radio where we are broadcasting uh, Heart of Harvest into Asia, reaching a potential of millions, millions of potential listeners uh, in all different Asian countries, countries that uh, are craving to have English programming broadcast in. And so we take our Bible-based preaching and teaching and we format it to be able to be broadcast into Asia. And over the weekend, we broadcast Heart of Harvest Asia. We've been doing that for a few months now, and uh, it is a real blessing. We really are 
excited about what God's doing with it. We really don't know exactly how many people are listening. There's no way for us to totally collect that information back. Uh, we hope to maybe do some type of mail contact uh, later on this fall where we maybe offer something in country and then see if people contact us back. But we do believe that when we sow God's word, that it won't return wasted, that it'll always uh, have some benefit. And so we're trying to do our best on our end and then let God do the work with that. So glad you listeners are tuning in this afternoon. If you're new to the show, we've been doing this for almost three years now. And uh, we do it, actually almost four years now, we've been doing it because we're just trying to offer you a nice Friday afternoon alternative. There are a lot of things you can tune your radio into or your, your Pandora station or whatever into, but we just want to give you a nice alternative. Christian worldview, it's pretty lighthearted, never too heavy. Every once in a while we'll, we'll tackle a heavy topic or we'll have a, a really serious interview with someone. It is political season. We might be having some of our uh, local politicians coming in eventually. But for the most part, it's a lightweight look at life, giving you an opportunity to smile and laugh. We do intend to entertain you. We hope that you smile at least one time during the 120 minutes of the show. We also hope to inform you on things. That's why we do the news and and talk about the weather and things like that. And then we like to uh, encourage you. We We want you to walk away from listening to this program, however much you listen to, feeling like, hey, wow, they just really encouraged me. I'm glad I glad I tuned into that. Tell your friends about us. Tune in on 88.1 FM, khmg.org. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. So now, at this time, it is our regular opportunity to hear the news from Chris Harper. You know, Chris Harper is a professional broadcaster. Unlike myself, I'm more, you know, you have a, you have uh, kids that have those um, tape, the old tape recorders that had a microphone, like a little karaoke machine. And then above that, you have um, ham radio operators. I'm somewhere in between those two in my level of expertise when it comes to broadcasting, right between children's karaoke machine and ham radio operator. And wow. so, But Chris, on the other hand, he's somewhere between, you know, um, uh, uh, the the um, oh boy, what's the name of the guy that they named the famous radio award after? Edward R. Murrow. Edward R. Murrow is just above Chris, <laughs> and just below Chris would be you know the EIB network or something like that. Just somewhere in between those two. Wow. So depending on you know what kind of day it's been. Glad you built that up so much. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what where you fall in that spectrum after today, we hear the news today. Yeah, the the reason that that uh, that falls on deaf ears a little bit with me today is because I didn't have time to do my usual, the usual steps for the news gathering. If I do any local news, is that you try to get more than one source for the news. So there yeah. are multiple sources on island. You try to get more than one source on a particular story, right? And not particularly cherry pick from any. One source, but try sure. to gather a little bit of the news yourself. But today, nope. didn't have that opportunity. You're cherry so, picking. It's so fine. It be, it's between KUAM and the Guampedia and, sure. and um, the Pacific News Center. Not a well. lot of local news sources. Three or four max. Right. Yeah. Right. And thankful to those who are gathering the local news sure. that uh, we have the opportunity to then take advantage of here. But typically, those would be rewrites. Apparently, a $5 million overhaul uh, 
is needed for one of the power plants for GPA. GPA is planning to shut down Cobras 1 for almost two months next year, probably from about July 15th to September 3rd. Now, if this overhaul that is planned is done, it's going to mean a, a heavier reliance on the second power plant. That's a 66-megawatt power plant owned by GPA. That's Cobras 2. And that has failed several times, as we know. And uh, that's even after the $6 million overhaul that was completed back in April. Uh, Cobras 1 and 2 are more than 42 year, years old and are going to apparently need continuous overhauls or periodic overhauls over the next 18 to 24 months. So this is an ongoing battle that we're going to face uh, from a power perspective over uh, at least the next two years, um, starting off with this $5 million overhaul of Cobras 1. Resulting in a lot of these power outages, brownouts, things like that. Correct. And that affects us here at the station uh, significantly when we were having those power outages. It, when it, whenever you flip the switch off on equipment uh, of the nature that we have here, it always creates problems. There's, you know, um, our, now, some of this equipment's uh, twenty years old. It is, and yeah. so it it's uh, it, it can be a little temperamental, right? And we've that we've experienced that in the last number of weeks. That yeah, we've been having we need to put problems. a sign on our Optima that just says "kick me," and then right. literally you kick it every once in a while just to make sure. Yeah, and I think it was. I think the issues we're having with that piece of machi- that uh, piece of equipment are uh, were prompted by some of these power outages. But that's where we are on on uh, the power plants for GPA. Uh, the hospital is going to have apparently uh, a new labor and delivery ward. Now that has been on the table for two years, but the governor announced uh, yesterday that he's been informed by the Department of Agriculture. Don't ask me why the Department of Agriculture is involved with this. I'm sure there's a story behind that. Uh, that the funds for GMH's labor and delivery project have been approved. So that apparently is going to go forward. This new maternity ward is going to include larger and more comfortable rooms that are going to be modernized uh, at GMH. Yep. We fall underneath a uh, some part of the United States Department of Agriculture's uh, jurisdiction because of our low population and rural location. So you usually think of rural like central Kansas or Nebraska right. or Iowa, but Guam actually falls underneath the USDA, everything from home loans. I had the rural development loan on a home here. Um, and I know that there are a number of things that get funded here through the USDA because of the lower population and remote access. So that's just a piece of information I didn't know because I wasn't, I haven't been here long enough. That's probably. right. That's right. Well, that's why, you know, you run all this stuff by me and I just fill you in in front of everyone on. That's on right. Air. Being the professional broadcaster just under right. Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can hit the cough button and say, yeah, we're underneath the uh, USDA. Yeah. And then you can't, the listeners can't hear. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what professionals of my stature do. It's great. That's what this cough button. It's awesome. Yeah, great, great. If only that, if only that piece of equipment would fail. Uh, okay, well, let's go to some more international news. This is a little more uh, somber story. Warplanes have mounted their heaviest airstrikes in months 
against rebel-held districts in the city of Aleppo in Syria overnight. Now, this is after U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry demanded on Wednesday that the Russian and Syrian governments immediately halt these flights over Syrian battle zones in what he called the last chance to salvage a collapsing ceasefire and find a way out of the carnage. Now, these are the heaviest airstrikes for months inside Aleppo City. If you've been um, keeping up online with the news, the, the pictures out of Aleppo are pretty staggering. And outside the city where the refugees have uh, fleed, uh, I think on the border of Jordan as well, um, just a, a very, very intense uh, situation. But um, really no response from uh, Secretary of State Kerry on his demands uh, or anyone else that's demanding that this uh, halts. Hmm. Cheers erupted uh, as lights slowly began to flicker across the island of Puerto Rico overnight as they were having their own struggles with power in that U.S. territory. Um, the blackout was following a fire at a power plant that caused the aging utility grid to fail. I'm sure they've are, they are also struggling in a similar way that we are. Uh, more than 390 of the 1.5 million homes and businesses served by their power utility had electricity restored late Thursday. And uh, apparently it just echoed through the streets, cries of the lights are back on, the lights are back on. And uh, so obviously happy about that. The blackout hit the entire island of 3.5 million people early Wednesday afternoon and prompted the governor, Garcia, to activate the National Guard, declare a state of emergency. Public schools remained closed on Friday. Heavy storms were also hitting the island at the same time. They knocked out power in some areas where electricity had already been restored. So they had their power back. The storms knocked it out again. So... Sounds like a lot of struggles wow. in Puerto Rico. Yes. They've already had their money problems. Um, yeah, they the, were the the uh, they're filing for bankruptcy, right? Right, yeah. and the, that had to go through Congress as yeah. well. So we talked about that on this show as well. These uh, power restorations were all being celebrated uh, overnight, but there was also a, a, a large portion of the island that were lamenting having to face. Uh, more nights of darkness and no air conditioning was also a big issue. They're obviously a tropical island, so uh, Puerto Rico. Wow. A little bit of good news there, but also amidst a lot of bad news for that particular yeah. territory. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for sharing the good and the bad and uh, for putting the time into it. And, uh, Chris, as you do every week, just kind of encapsulating some of the big stories. Obviously, we broadcast SRN news here on our station at the top of every hour, and it's it's automatically downloaded. Why don't you explain to our listeners the process of yeah. how we get fresh news every hour? It's it's on a website, so they they add when they get done recording the um, news for each hour, they just put a, a file on the on a server, and we have a, a program that automatically goes and retrieves that um, every hour. So. I think it records at about 15 minutes after. It probably just recorded three minutes ago for the 5 o'clock hour. And so every hour we should have fresh news. If there's ever a time that you hear news that aired the previous hour or 
even longer ago, it's usually because something it's usually Sebastian's yeah, fault. He's fault. raising his hand. <laughs> but it's usually because of some um, issue with a computer. Perhaps. It didn't download properly. It didn't whatever. download properly. That 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 happens I would say maybe twice a month. Yeah. We have a, a day where the news plays several times in a row. Yeah. Um and so it's not a whole lot of great ways to eliminate that. Sometimes you just have a problem with the software or yep. or even with the download itself. Sometimes right. it's just not available. Well, with the old software, time. we would have on a regular basis that first year that I was uh, standing in as the station manager, we would have the news would download like a blank file. Right. And so we'd have silence sometimes where the news is supposed to be. The software thinks that it's downloaded the news, but uh, everyone listening could tell that, nope, nothing there. Right. Nothing there. So, right. Um, but our news, a couple of years ago, we decided to go to Salem Radio Network News. We used to use a different news source, which had a biblical worldview, but it wasn't actually news. It right. was, I mean, I, I don't mean to use this term the wrong way. It was kind of good propaganda. It was, it was, it was sure. very much opinion editorial it was definitely from a, a, a christian perspective but it was really no new information it right. wasn't what was actually happening in the world and so i appreciate srn news kind of balances that out pretty well there's not a lot of options out there for christian news no. from biblical perspective well in anything we carry um i have a, a background in news so i i want to have uh, high journalistic standards and i don't want it to be just um, just some information that's Christian. Um, I want the, 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 whatever we're carrying to be, um, journalistic in its nature. Yeah. And yeah. that means that somebody is going out and collecting news, doing, um, reporting firsthand. You know, it's, it's why anything that we try to report on here, we make sure either we source it well, telling you where it came from, or we try to uh, make sure we get more than one source Hopefully, in most cases, more than two even. Um, make sure that we rewrite everything. Um, and that's a, that's a typical process for journalism. But SRN is, is journalistic in nature. It's a yep. legit um, journalistic endeavor. And uh, not every, it's really sad to say, but not every um, outlet that says they are a news outlet from a Christian perspective is actually operating by those standards. Yeah. And that's pretty unfortunate but that that is the case and it may be just a lack of experience or a lack of resources in some cases where they don't have the people to to do the actual right. reporting right. that is needed but we we're thankful to have SRN um, well and that's why I have you on the show cuz you kind of class up the joint yourself by being you know a you oh, know, yeah. hard-hitting journalist hey okay on one serious note and then I want to uh, uh, transition <laughs> here i heard this week that Phyllis Schlafly passed away it was uh, it was actually a couple of weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks ago? Okay, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly was a. I, I don't know if we. Have, I don't know. We if did. She we was carried her. Here. We carried the Phyllis Schlafly report for years, and I'm probably yeah. the whole time this station has existed until about probably a year or two ago when she stopped putting it out. I think. Yeah, from the Eagle yeah, Forum. From the Eagle Forum. Yeah. Yeah, um, Phyllis Schlafly was a commentator, not yeah. necessarily, but she was on the day to day um, events that were happening. Um, there's not too many people filling the void there. 
Yeah. Um, some of the some of the Janet programs. Partial, you know, has yeah. has a program. Janet Partial's America. She was kind of like a younger version, more from a lawyer's perspective of constitutional law, things like that. Right. I know the Susan B. Anthony list used to do a, a radio program. That was yeah, we good. used to carry that as well. Yeah. Um, and there's, of course, we carry the Cal Thomas commentary. That's a, that's a good one as well. You know, it's it's going to be from a when you're uh, doing current events um, commentary, not everything can't everything may come from a Christian person, but that doesn't mean it's coming from a. It doesn't mean they're saying the Bible says this. Right, right. They're right. giving you the best opinion they can give you. Right. From a principled person. Sure. And maybe it's pragmatic in its right uh, nature. Uh, there's a, a difference between being principled and being pragmatic, and that's right. a long discussion too. But sometimes you're just saying, well, here's how I see it, and right. this is the best view I can give you. Right, and I think that's a situation. pretty accurate description of like Cal Thomas, for example. Sure. He He's like, hey, this is how I see it. You yeah. know, he writes for the Wall Street Journal. He's a, a conservative values Christian yeah. writer, but it is his opinion. He's not um, right. preaching a sermon when he— when he writes, and sometimes you might not totally agree with everything he says because yeah. of the pragmatism. But, right. You know, you're, I don't think you'll ever agree with anyone all the time. No, no. And so uh, the diversity, as long as we're not, you know, we have a responsibility to our listeners to make sure we're not steering people down the wrong path. Kind of like what I talked to Bob Shuck about earlier with library books. Right. And his is even broader because we have, you know, we have to have kids where they can get secular books and things. But for us... You know, we have a responsibility. Someone turns on the radio. We don't want to have to apologize later on right. because what if they're not listening when we give that disclaimer, right. you know? And so we, we have a responsibility to make sure it all kind of fits our worldview. But there is some room for diversity in there. And there's two there's two tracks, you know, that you have of, of items that you hear on this radio station. There's one that says, OK, here's what the word of God says. That's authoritative. Mm-hmm. And then you have something like the Cal Thomas commentary or even sometimes the news. Yeah. You'll hear a little commentary on there and you'll think, well, that's not really from God. That's just some guys and what they think. Right. Well, right. of course, there's right. there's just some guys and what they think. Yeah. And the, that in, in the times that we air current events programming, yep. that's usually what that is, is commentary in nature or like SRN News. Most of our, the little programs we play during the break would fit into that category. You know, right. Tony Dungy or Homeschool Heartbeat. Those are all... You know, these are people's opinions. They're devotional in nature, usually, or practical. And so you just kind of take it at face value and say, mm, I think, yeah, sure. Or I don't know if that applies to me. But right. but uh, we try to make sure that we don't put anything out there that's going to take you down a whole different path. Matter of fact, we've been kind of uh, surprised. We, we carry something for a while, and then we start hearing something that we didn't agree with. And, yeah. you know, it happens once we kind of are like, okay, we'll, we'll kind of observe and report. But if it happens more than once, then we'd have to be like, I, I don't think this fits us anymore. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. And uh, thanks for the news and for the explanation. I think it's good for our listeners sometimes just to hear why we do what we do and how that all works. So now I am going to train. There's no easy way to segue here without <laughs> taking a break. But I'm going to let Sebastian be my segue because today's topic is autumn and the pumpkin spice latte, which is kind of, I guess, a twofold topic. But we are we are in the autumnal season because the autumnal equinox was this week. And uh, so, Sebastian, could you kind of help us as we uh, finish up this segment, help us uh, ease into uh, the topic of the day of autumn? Yeah, of course. Okay, so this, this is just a little something here. Um, 
The UK, they call it autumn, from the French word autumn, and later the Latin autumnus. And then we have USA. We call it fall because leaf fall down. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right. No, that's great. It's okay. It's great. I, I appreciate all the time you put into I that. That's that. good. So, I'm terrible. No, you're not a terrible <laughs> person at all. You're, you're just a young man trying to make his way in the world. We appreciate it. And our listeners appreciate it. And you know what they really appreciate? Going to break at this time. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, more live till five, including some Stranger Than Fiction stories. Topic of the day, autumn. And the pumpkin spice latte. Stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin. This is episode 184 of Live Till 5 on Friday, the 23rd of September. We'll be right back after this. with a little more live till 5. It's 4.31 p.m. on Friday, September 23rd. If you're listening live, maybe you're catching us on the rebound noon to 2 on Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. We do that on purpose because we know you might not be able to catch the whole show, but as you're bouncing around in the vehicle, you might be driving around, coming home from church, picking up the kids from soccer, uh, heading out to run some errands, going home from work, on your way to work. We like you to be able to catch different parts of the show at different times. You can also download the podcast, khmg.org. There are a variety of ways you can listen there. Now, topic of the day, autumn and the pumpkin spice latte. Seems like they go hand in hand in American culture now. And uh, if you are out of the loop on that, uh, basically the pumpkin spice latte or the PSL is one of the most successful newer marketing trends uh, in America, if you check uh, social media at all, and you have friends that frequent Starbucks, for example, or Dunkin' Donuts, or one of those major coffee outlets, you will see them starting to post for pumpkin spice latte things uh, very soon. And I want to talk about that, but first, autumn. I used the word autumn the other day, and someone did a double take, like, autumn? Because... We don't often call the fall time autumn. A lot of people just don't use that. But the reason I mention it, because it was the autumnal equinox this week on the 22nd. So here are a number of facts about autumn. Autumn has been called the, quote, hectic beauty of death, end quote. And that's partially because uh, the leaves changing and falling and things like that. Since, since ancient times, there's another fact from the Random Facts website. Since ancient times, autumn is ranked as one of the most important times of the year as daylight begins to fade and cold, dark days lie ahead. This is primarily in the States. 
Because a good harvest is necessary for survival, many societies try to ensure a good harvest by honoring various gods and goddesses. Some societies, such as the Aztecs in ancient Mexico, even made human sacrifices to please the gods. Autumn babies, those born between September and November, are more likely to live to 100 than those who are born in other times of the year. Uh, How about this? According to NASA, autumn is the aurora season because geomagnetic storms are about twice as frequent as the annual average during the fall. A study of the journal Perception noted that men think women are more attractive in the cooler season. That's interesting. A harvest moon is the full moon closest to the autumn equinox. Before artificial lighting, such moonlight was essential to a farmer's successful harvest. During the fall, in response to colder temperatures and less light, leaves stop producing chlorophyll, the green pigment that helps capture sunlight to power photosynthesis. As the green fades, the leaves other pigments shine through, such as orange and yellow, uh, carotenoids, and vibrant red anthocyanin. Each fall, the black-capped chickadee, this was the uh, state bird of New Hampshire, I believe, when I lived there. Uh, Let's see here. Their brain actually enlarges by 30%, enabling them to remember where it collects seeds in different spots of the trees and ground. Also, researchers found that during the cooler months of autumn, men are a lot more willing to watch romantic comedies with their sweethearts. I think it says something about it activates a yearning for warmth and comfort with others. Hmm. The autumnal equinox occurs on different dates each year, but usually falls around September 22nd or 23rd. In 1931, the equinox fell on September 24th because the Gregorian calendar doesn't always match up with the position of the Earth in its orbit around the sun. The fall equinox won't happen again on September 24th until 2303. The term equinox is from the Latin meaning equal night. Solstices. This is, this is an interesting thing because I had someone ask me this not too long ago. Solstices and equinoxes are solar events that have to do with the Earth's position in relation to the sun at different times of the year. Solstices, which you have the summer solstice and the winter solstice, are when the sun is at its northernmost or southernmost position in the sky. The equinox, fall and spring, is when day and night are roughly the same length all over the world. Autumn begins when the center of the sun crosses the Earth's equator. As Earth continues its path around the sun, days become shorter, nights become longer, with the change most notable for those at higher latitudes. Many birds prepare for winter migration during the fall. One of the longest migrations is the 11,000-mile journey of the Arctic Tern. Did you learn about that in science class when you were a child? While Americans typically use the word fall, the British use the word autumn. Though both terms date around the 16th century, before these terms, period was called the harvest. People live on the equator or central area of the planet, never experience autumn. That would be us. We don't really experience a full-blown autumn. Most meteorologists define autumn as lasting through September, October, November in the northern hemisphere. The southern hemisphere, autumn lasts through March, April, and May. Specifically in New Zealand and Australia, autumn officially begins March 1st and ends May 31st. Very interesting point, right? The word harvest comes from the old Norse word host, the Norse word host, which means to gather or pluck. As people moved to the cities, harvest fell out of use, and city dwellers began to use fall of the leaf, which was shortened to fall. Etymologists are unsure of the origin of the word autumn, though they believe it comes from the ancient Etruscan root auto, which implies change of season. In this scenario, the Romans then appropriated the term and formed the Latin word autumnus. 
According to seasonal patterns of relationship Facebook profiles, autumn is the time where more singles change their status to in a relationship or engaged than the rest of the yearly average. More breakups occur in the summertime. During the spring and summer, most people eat more carbs. However, they develop a tendency for fattier foods in the autumn, which leads to seasonal weight gain. Research success at low levels of vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, can lead to weight gain during autumn and winter. Lack of vitamin D reduces, reduces fat breakdown and triggers fat storage. Autumnal depression, or seasonal affective disorder, SAD, affects between 4 to 5% of the population, although 10 to 20% have one, uh, have one any kind of symptoms related to it, one of any kind. In general, it affects more women than men. A few more quick facts about autumn, and then we'll move on. According to the Weather Channel, pumpkin by far was the most craved food for autumn. How many of you crave pumpkin things? Pumpkin bread, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice latte. In August, on August 15th, okay, a couple weeks ago, the Catholics celebrate the Day of Assumption, which celebrates the day Mary was taken or assumed into heaven. They re- it replaced a much more ancient celebration of the beginning of autumn known as the Feast of Our Lady Harvest. For centuries, celebrations were held on this day for various goddesses associated with the grain and fruit. Church leaders believe the easiest way to handle this pagan holiday was simply to make it a Christian one. The autumnal equinox is called the Harvest Home. You ever hear that song, uh, the, you know, uh, praise the God of Harvest Home? Yeah, that's because the autumnal equinox used to be called Harvest Home or Mabon or the Feast of Ingathering or Alban Elfid. Autumn holidays include Labor Day, Grandparents Day, Patriot Day, Autumn Equinox, Columbus Day, Halloween, Veterans Day, Remembrance Day, and Thanksgiving. Each autumn, monarch butterflies migrate from the U.S. to Mexico and some parts of Southern California. They fly speeds ranging from 12 to 25 miles per hour. Monarch butterflies are the only insect that migrates to a warmer climate that is 2,500 miles away. A lot of facts about autumn there. Boy, interesting time of year, right? And it is a little bit sad that we miss out on some of the cool things about autumn. But you know what? We get to enjoy nice warm weather, too. So we don't have to break out the sweaters and the the jackets and the gloves and the scarves and scrape ice off our windshields. We get to enjoy pretty much the same kind of weather all year long. Although these rainy days, I don't know about you, but I kind of like them. They're cooler. You don't have to run the air conditioning as much. Kind of changes it up a little bit. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt today, and I like it. Here's some strange fall traditions in the United States. International Balloon Festival, or the Enchanted Sunrise every October for the last 43 years. Hundreds of ballooners hit the skies in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, these are not just balloons like what you get at the store. These are the giant hot air balloons. Balloon Fiesta. Paul Bunyan Days is really big. Uh, It not, well, I guess there is a pun intended there, but... Yeah, Paul Bunyan Days. Uh, Let's see here. Kinetic Sculpture Race Day. Bridge Day Festival. The Bridge Day Festival uh, happens on the new River Gorge Bridge in West Virginia every October. At least 800 people jump off the bridge that year, base jumpers. Of course, Halloween and things like that also happen. And then, have you ever heard of the Burning Man? Hosted by Santa Fe, New Mexico's Kiwanis Club during the first weekend of September, the city engages in the annual burning of the Old Man Gloom. Old Man Gloom, known as Zozebra, is a 50-foot statue-like figure that is made to look 
like part ghost, part monster, according to the event's website. The burning of the statue symbolizes the burning away of melancholy feelings from previous year. The blaze is accompanied by fireworks, food, ceremonies, and dances. It's called the Burning Man. And maybe you've seen stuff about that in the news or heard about it. Here's some interesting places. When we lived in New Hampshire, we had this phenomenon. We lived in a beautiful place, the Mount Monadnock region. And if you've ever been to New Hampshire, north of Boston, about two hours, the Mount Monadnock region, named after Mount Monadnock right in the middle there, was one of the most beautiful places on the planet during the fall time, really during any time, but especially the fall time. And people, what they call leaf peepers, people would come up from Boston and Manchester and other cities just to look at and take pictures of the mountains with the leaves changing. It was breathtaking. It, it really is. It's like a beautiful sunset on the ocean. That, that is how majestic and beautiful the leaves changing in the fall time in New England were. Well, these are some unusual destinations you can go to for viewing fall colors. And this is an article I saw on Yahoo Travel. So uh, they recommend from the air, go to Minnesota. There are a number of places where you can fly over and see the leaves changing. Alaska, go see the leaves change in August. Their fall comes earlier because their winter comes much earlier. Or you never think about going to other places in the world to look at leaves changing. But the Lycian Way in Turkey, a beautiful place, apparently, to watch the leaves change. Or Ireland during what they call shoulder season or in October, uh, along the, the wild Atlantic, they call it. Uh, natural beauty of New York City's Inwood Park. That's more of like a kind of best-kept secret thing there in New York. Those are all places to go watch the autumn's leaves change. And unfortunately, you're not going to really see any autumn leaves change here on Guam. But uh, it is a neat thing if you ever have the privilege of going somewhere where they do have the autumn leaves change. I think you should check it out. Now, I want to take a short break. When I come back, pumpkin spice latte. Three words that bring a smile to many a face. More Live Till 5 after this short break. Walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last 13 minutes of Live Till 5 for today, Friday, September 23rd. It's 4.47 p.m. If you're listening to the live broadcast here on 88.1 FM, KHMG. Glad to have you with us today. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is our 184th episode, believe it or not. And uh, enjoyed every single one of them. Two hours every Friday, the fastest two hours of my week. When I sit behind this microphone, literally, it's like sitting down, talking a little bit, and then it's over. And uh, hopefully it's enjoyable for you. It is enjoyable for me. And uh, I enjoy just talking about different topics. We pick different topics of the week. We try and keep it a little bit unpredictable because we think that, you know, that keeps you tuning in. 
just never know what we're going to talk about. Now, we always try and keep it, you know, positive and uh, uh, really edifying, but uh, we do like to keep it a little bit random. And today was autumn and the pumpkin spice latte. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about pumpkin spice latte right now as uh, uh, we finish out this hour, the last 11 or 12 minutes of the show itself. And to talk about a pumpkin spice latte, you got to also talk about pumpkins. And I don't know about you, I, I've seen pumpkins everywhere. I was in the jungles of Yap milling lumber, and someone had a pumpkin patch in the middle of the jungle in Yap. The reason I know he had a pumpkin patch is because I accidentally walked through it and got in trouble for walking through someone's pumpkin patch. So, Pumpkins are everywhere. Here's some facts about pumpkins themselves. The name pumpkin comes from the Greek word papon, which means large melon. Pumpkins have thick shells, contain pulp and seeds. Scientifically speaking, pumpkins are actually fruit because they contain seeds. When it comes to cooking, they're often referred to as vegetables. They vary in weight, but an average-sized pumpkin might weigh around 13 pounds. Pumpkin plants feature both male and female flowers, with bees typically being involved in pollination. 100 grams of pumpkin produces around 26 calories of energy. More facts here. There's a lot more to pumpkins than pumpkin spice lattes. For example, while the round orange pumpkin is the most recognizable pumpkin, pumpkins come in many different shapes and sizes and colors. Some are cleverly named pumpkin varietals, uh, include Halloween in Paris from France, Cinderella, the varietal cultivated by the pilgrims, and the Weeby Little miniature pumpkin varietal. Tradition of carving pumpkins originated in Ireland. Irish would carve jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips to scare away evil spirits during the Celtic holiday uh, Samhain, the night when the spirits of the dead were supposedly walking around. October is pumpkin month. It's coming up here. 80% of the pumpkin crop in the U.S. is available during October. That's roughly 800 million pumpkins out of the 1 billion pumpkins grown in the U.S. each year. Morton, Illinois, self-proclaimed pumpkin capital of the world. Illinois is one of the largest producers of pumpkin in the United States with 90 to 95% of its crop being used for processed pumpkin foods. Pumpkin seeds contain more protein than peanuts. I didn't know that. And are wonderfully, they're wonderful when they're roasted with spices or salt. Sprinkle pumpkin seeds on top of salads or eat as a snack on their own. Pumpkins are 90% water, admittedly. This is less of a surprising fact when you consider pumpkins come from the same family as the watermelon and the cucumber. Very interesting. Those pumpkins, though, have you ever seen how big they get? I pulled up an article from the Smithsonian.com on the secret to growing the world's largest pumpkins. And the long and short of it is they are, it's really based on genetics. The breeding of pumpkin uh, varietals over the years has uh, it's really a, a feat of genetic engineering. Every year, an international community of giant pumpkin farmers, not giant farmers, but people who farm giant pumpkins, uh, loads up beastly gourds on trailers, carting them to local fairs and weigh-ins for a chance at the title of the largest pumpkin in America or the largest pumpkin in the world. And I'm going to read you some of the world records here in a second. So... Why can the monsters grow so large? Well, the Atlantic giant pumpkins can pack on close to, this is hard to believe, 50 pounds a day during peak growing season, says plant physiologist Jessica Savage. 
uh, from Harvard University. Though a pumpkin is roughly 90% water, there's still a great deal of sugar flowing through the plant's bulk. Oddly enough, the giant plants aren't any better at producing sugar than their regular-sized cousins. They're just better at moving it around. Now, as far as giant pumpkins go, Charlie Brown, here are some of the record holders. The first record holder, 1,900, 400-pound world record, grown uh, and, and displayed at the Paris World's Fair. Howard Dill in 1980. 459-pound world record, and he became the four-time world champion. Skip ahead to 1994, the year my daughter was born here. Going from 459 pounds, now think, just one generation later, 990 pounds, Herman Bax's world record, world record pumpkin. The last one to be under 1,000 pounds was 1994 because in 1996... Nathan and Paula Zare raised a pumpkin that was 1,061 pounds. And then let me read you the last two years. So the last two years on this uh, record sheet here. Tim Matheson, 2013, raised a pumpkin that was 2,032 pounds. One ton, folks. But the last record holder that I have, that I have record of here, 2014, Benny Meyer, 2,000. 323.7 pounds, world record pumpkin. And there's a picture here. It's on a pallet. It looks like a prehistoric, it looks like one of those hot air balloons, halfway deflated. It's much bigger than the man, 2,323.7 pounds. Can you imagine that? Crazy. And then, of course, one of my favorite uh, uh Silly things to watch on TV over the years has been the pumpkin chunking. Have you ever seen that on Discovery Channel or Science Channel? Um, they have uh, centrifugal pumpkin throwing devices, catapults, trebuchets, human powered torsion, and air cannons. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And some of the winners have thrown pumpkins over 4,600 feet. Think about that almost a mile. They have launched pumpkins almost a mile. The The farthest one I'm seeing here on the list was from the adult air category, American Chunker, Inc., out of New Hampshire, 4,694.68 feet in the year 2013. And then there are a number of other ones, but, man, it's kind of a fun show to watch. I, I remember when we lived in New Hampshire, we actually, my kids got to go see them actually practicing. You know, they had two years uh, 2014 and 2015, they could not do the pumpkin chunking contest because of insurance questions. They apparently had had an accident with someone on a four-wheeler who was out there marking the pumpkins. And so um, none of the farmers that have large enough land to do the pumpkin chunking in Delaware would host it without insurance. And so, but this year, it sounds like it's back on. Now let's talk real quickly about the origin of the pumpkin spice how it became a flavor of fall. Well, this, according to the Washington Post, Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes turned 13 years old last year, became partially credited for the massive amount of pumpkin and pumpkin spice flavor products on the market. The PSL, as the latte is affectionately called, Starbucks' most popular seasonal beverage, more than 200 million have been sold since its inception. And this is not including last year's stats. And uh, it says here down in the article, the nostalgia surrounding the return of fall and the pumpkin spice is hard to beat. Combine that with the ultimate marketing tool, 
limited time offer, the LTO, and you've just created a must-have product. Tying an LTO to a season or a holiday associated with indulgent ratchets up the excitement for the product, too, says Brian Wozniak, Cornell University Food and Brand Label. Uh, he wrote the author. He's the author of the book Slim by Design. There's a halo of enthusiasm around that product, he said. Most customers buy only one, though. This is surprising. Despite all the hype surrounding Starbucks pumpkin spice latte, 72% of people only buy one latte per person, according to the market research done. And what is in the actual pumpkin spice latte? Well, I'm glad you asked because I actually have the, the you know, like if it had a label on the side, I have that. I have the actual label right here in front of me. Just looking for it here. I know it's right here with my papers. Oh, yeah, here we go. Signature espresso and milk highlighted by flavors, notes of pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove create an incredible beverage that's a fall favorite. This is from Starbucks. If you look at the label, how many calories do you think a pumpkin spice latte is? Well, I will tell you, 380 calories for the 16-ounce. 120 of those calories are from fat, 14 grams of fat, 8 of those grams are saturated, Cholesterol, 55 milligrams. Sodium, 240 milligrams. Total carbs, 52 grams. None are dietary fiber. Sugar, 50 grams. Protein, 14 grams. Well, good news is it has 2% of your daily allowance of vitamin C, 20% of your vitamin A, and 50% of your calcium. So, and the ingredients include milk, pumpkin spice sauce, uh, brewed espresso, whipped cream, vanilla syrup, Pumpkin spice topping. Whew, sounds good. And other chains have joined Starbucks. Now, the Olive Garden, Dairy Queen, McDonald's, Jamba Juice, and Dunkin' Donuts now all serve pumpkin spice flavored drinks. And finally, did you know that this is now a 500, according to Forbes magazine, a $500 million craze, the pumpkin spice craze the starbucks pumpkin spice latte craze 500 million dollars and even though last year many christians threatened to boycott starbucks because their cups weren't christmasy enough it did not phase the pumpkin spice latte seasonal craze and it was a record-breaking year interesting well it's fall time i had more to share i'll maybe save it for later but uh, glad you could be with us today it's been a fun day it was great to have Bob up here and Lawrence and Chris and Sebastian and the drinks from the hub. We, we appreciate you listeners tuning in. However you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, we're glad you're with us. Catch us on The Rebound noon to 2 Saturday, 7 and 9 p.m. Sunday night. Download the podcast. Just go to khmg.org. Let us know you're listening. Find us online, Harvest Family Radio, on Facebook. Like us, leave a comment, and in a little while, you can download the podcast through that as well. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host of Live Till 5, every afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m., every Friday afternoon, right here on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News.